Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a guest in order to have those conversations. We will start with my guest bio and intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic it is that they bought to me that week. A special thanks to Capital Factory in Austin, Texas, which is where this episode is being recorded. This week, I am joined by my friend, Mandy McClendon. Correct? Yeah, girl. Okay. Just making sure. (laughs) Concisely, communicating complex policy-related issues is the heart of the communication efforts Mandy has led. Her background in both public relations and policy fostered a sincere passion for public engagement surrounding issues that matter creating community engagement plans for transportation projects, studying the ways in which the media influences Southern voters, and writing about college savings accounts for Texas students are only a few projects Mandy has recently tackled. Mandy is currently employed as the communications and media manager with the Austin Bergstrom International Airport. In this role, she conceptualizes all communication strategy and manages communications staff for the second fastest growing airport in the U.S., Her efforts also include oversight of the airport's marketing initiatives, crisis communications, and digital media. Overall, whether earning front-page coverage in Texas's largest newspapers or gaining thousands of new followers on social media, Mandy's aim is the same, to make public policy accessible, relatable, and exciting for everyone. Mandy! This bio! I know! I've never had it read out loud to me in the same room, (laughs) and I feel very humble braggy right now. As you should. (laughs) Listen, my my energy for 2020 is, what would Oprah do? Good. You you know how I feel about her. That is a great motto to live by, actually. Oprah 2020 is my personal motto. Not for her to, like, run, but just, like, the energy. Yeah, become Oprah in 2020. The pressure, but also (laughs) Oprah. Every week I tell you that I love you, and that will never, ever change. (laughs) Um, For those of you who don't know, Mandy and I actually met this time last year. We've been friends for a year. Oh, my gosh. Happy anniversary. anniversary. (laughs) Uh, We met through New Leaders Council. Uh, Mandy's one of the first people I met, and we've been, like, friends ever since. Yep. Busy schedules, obviously, but we made it work, and here we are today. Here we are today. So happy to be in the same room with you. I know. We're going to get something to eat or drink after this because we have to catch up. Yes. This is, like, just step one of our hang. Right, right. Um, Anything else you want to add before we jump in? Anything about you? You have a really cute dog. I do have a really cute dog. His name is Willie. He's a pointer coonhound mix, and I'm obsessed with him. He's very cute. Um, I also have a cat whose name is the Puss, which, (laughs) yeah, solicits laughter from many people. My my husband's grandmother actually named him. I love it even more. Yeah, so that's 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 not on me. Um, 
Yeah, I've I've lived in Austin for a little over five years. I moved here from Arkansas originally and am just one of those annoying people who came here for grad school and loved it and never left yeah. and um, have been kind of in the communications media policy sphere since I got here, um, which led me to New Leaders Council, which led me to you. The universe. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, and so here we are today. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Well, what topic did you bring to us mm. this week? As you all know, I always let my guests pick the topic. And so when Mandy messaged me saying this was it, I was very excited. Yeah. So the topic I brought today, drum roll, um, is body respect and also tying that into kind of personal style. So those are two things that are really important in my life. Um, style and fashion has just always been kind of kind of my thing in life. It's, it's what I love. I look forward to waking up and getting dressed every day um, and very much grew up kind of obsessed with, you know, fashion magazines and kind of that sort of imagery that is now very much kind of moved over to Instagram and other social media. But I don't have a, a traditional body type either. And mm. so, you know, my journey has been kind of finding this body respect, body positivity movement and figuring out a way to relate that to how I feel in my body and in the clothes that I wear has been um, just a really interesting journey for me and something that, that I thought it would, would be fun to, to explore a little bit more. I agree. Um, yeah, I was mostly excited because I think I'm very much still on this like body positivity vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, last year I had the honor of speaking at, on the Boss Babes panel for the body positivity panel with a couple local nice. women. Erica and Nikki, who are just the best, um, and we talked about like bo- like all of our journeys into body wellness and body acceptance, and how a lot of social media now can either make you feel either very represented and like you have somewhere to go. Because I feel mm-hmm. like if we think back to like when we grew up, like in the early the late nineties, early two thousands, like I think like everyone I saw was like super thin, yep. very like straight. Um, straight sizing just like nothing past like I don't think I've ever saw like past an eight or a ten on TV oh yeah um and just like that you know that heroin thin heroin chic as they used to say in the 90s yep um and so a lot of that was like growing up with me like I ended up developing an eating disorder when I was 13 14 mm-hmm. years old mm-hmm. um like dieting from like that time and yep. I was like you're fine like you're you're it's your body you're gonna grow out of it and like that's great but like when you're in that and like growing up in a town that is I grew up in a town that was very diverse, like there was all that representation there. But then like most of my friends being white, skinny girls with yep. no curves yeah. until I was probably like in tw- like 12 or 13. Yeah. So with me, it was like, well, I can't be white yeah. <laughs> and I can't have straight hair, yep. but I can like basically I can control kill, this. I can basically kill myself to be yes. thin. Yes, yes. Um, and so I think about that too of like my friend John was on a couple episodes ago. We talked about like, you know, with people like Lizzo and all these like and Ashley Graham and like all these people yes. who are doing this like body positivity movement of like now girls have that representation. But I think back to that, like how much differently my life would have looked then and then like yes. also internal fat phobia like to myself which yes. I'm still really working through gonna get real vulnerable this yes episode. I'm um, with you yeah, I'm with you all that yeah I have a very distinct memory 
being in middle school, I, I know that I was aware of my weight um, very early on because my mom dieted constantly. Mm. And she never made me feel like I needed to do that. She never made me feel, um, you know, less than or that I needed to diet or be skinny for her to love me or anything like that. But it was the way she talked about herself and treated herself that very much impacted uh, what I thought was a quote unquote good weight. Mm -hmm. Um, She did the low carb diets. She would like eat so little and walk so much that she almost fainted while she was walking one day out by herself. Uh, You know, and like she would cook for the family but not eat it herself. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of developed a fear of food almost very early on. And I have a very distinct memory of in middle school sleeping over at a friend's house and needing to borrow some clothes and not being able to fit into any of the Mm. clothes that she had. This is probably sixth grade when you kind of, you know, your body is going through changes and you're very aware of yourself. And, um, And so I know I was afraid of food and aware of my weight and my body from a very young age, but that's a very distinct memory that I have. And ever since then... It's, it's been a journey and something that I've really had to work on kind of going from hating myself and, like you said, kind of trying to control myself yeah. and punishing myself and, you know, um, playing sports in high school and then immediately getting home and going for a run because, it, you know, the exercise wasn't enough. And, you know, that kind of mentality that I had when I was younger and in high school – carried over into college because I was in a sorority, which is a very conventional looking person. And I was living in a house among all of these very thin women who could eat and drink whatever they wanted and, you know, be a size two. I had a roommate who was a double zero. To evolving over the last couple of years into, like you said, accepting myself learning a lot from this body positivity movement, but also one thing that's been really powerful for me is the concept of just body neutrality. Mm. So I think that making the leap from, you know, I'm, I'm fat, I have to lose weight, I hate myself, I hate my body, I need to control my body, to I love my body, like I'm, you know, like you said, as powerful as Lizzo, I'm, I can, you know, rock a bikini in any setting, Making that jump can be really challenging Mm -hmm. for people. And I think even this concept of loving your body almost places too much uh, stock in in your body. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay to just be neutral about it, respect it for getting you through life and all of these amazing things that it's capable of and not letting it be the number one thing on your mind, whether that emotion is positive or negative. Yeah. There's a quote I love that is my body is but a vessel that holds my soul, which is something like was a really big mantra for me when I moved here. Cause like when I moved here in 2016, I just like with Austin being nice 90% of the time, like would just go walking all the time and was working at a place of like, I would take the stairs rather than like taking an elevator. I was drinking a lot of water. So like, just in just making small changes, I dropped a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been interesting the last like almost four years now of like how much my body has changed just by making small yeah. things and like not 
not wanting to lose weight to lose weight, but just like me making healthier choices mm-hmm. and being really uncomfortable now taking a compliment. Like right. I was never one to put stock in how I looked because I was always like a heavier kid. All my friends always said and I was never used to getting compliments. Right. To now it's like I went to dinner with a friend last night and we were talking about this. She's like you're beautiful. I'm like I cringe. Like it's just so yeah. awkward for yeah. me. Um, and, and I think that's common for lots of right. women. Mm-hmm. And her and I were talking about it. She's like, well, why? I'm like, I was a person who never put a lot of stock in how I looked. So, like, it was almost that feeling of, like, I had to, like, quote, unquote, make up for things or apologize for how I looked, which I think is why, like, I'm really good at, like, public speaking or, like, I'm really, like, sarcastic and totally. witty. Like, I feel the same way. I had to, like, have a personality because I wasn't attractive. And so, I, like, I had to compensate for it, if you will. Right. Um, so, like, now it's just, like, still trying to work through and have that, like, body neutrality of, like, I am very grateful to have a body that allows me to do x y and z mm-hmm. or like now i work out because i love my body and i want to be healthy not because i feel like i need to punish myself in order to fit into Absolutely. whatever size um size clothes but then also like one thing as you were talking before that really like got me is like how frustrating it is in fashion and we'll go into this a little bit more but like yeah. how different sizing is by store like i recently ordered yes, a dress girl and like Ugh. in like old navy stuff i felt like a 10 12 Yep. And the store I just ordered from, I, it was like, it runs small. I was like, oh, I'll get an extra large just to be safe. Yeah. Didn't couldn't, fit. Couldn't get it on. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, what yes. is this? Yes. And I was like, so I text my friend. I'm like, hey, got a dress that didn't fit. Not going to even like dwell on it and return it. Yep. It was like an $8 dress. Yeah. I don't support fast fashion, <laughs> but also your girl was like, let me just see if I like this dress. Sure. So I was like, hey, here's this dress. Not going to like hate myself because the way that this dress was made didn't fit me. Like it's this really conscious yes. thing I'm trying to work through because like, as a person who has gone through what we've gone through, like it is so easy for me to slip back into that. And I was like, do not do this to yourself. You, you know, you're fine. This, this happens Order a different dress. Like you're not going to like lose it over it. But I think about that so much of like, you tell these people like we make, and it was like a store that like says it, um, there's like for all body types. And I was like, Mm -hmm. clearly not. I feel like, Mm -hmm. and it's that weird thing of like, I'm not a straight size, but I'm not, quote unquote plus, plus size. size. So yes. it's like <laughs> where where do I fit right, in this puzzle? Right. Exactly. And I think that's so powerful because I have over the years had to shift my mentality to blaming the clothes, not blaming myself. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because I experienced the exact same thing. I, you know, in the last five years have worn a size as small as a six to I'll order a 14, 16, whatever in some brands, and I can't even get it over my hips, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's something inherently wrong with that, that there's that wide of a gap. And that's not not our fault. That's not my fault. That's the clothing industry's fault. Um, And I think that that's been a big lesson for me. Body checking is another thing that I've had to work on a lot, which is essentially... You know, when you go into a store or you try something on that you've seen that looked cute on your friend, maybe not comparing how you look to how they look. You know, so we all do that thing where we walk into a room and you're like, am I the skinniest person in this room? Am I the biggest person in this room? Who looks better in this than me? And shopping with friends is like was one of the most triggering things when I was younger. Yes. Like I wouldn't do it. Exactly. Would and that's not. right. And I I had the exact same experience and and letting go of 
body checking and comparing myself to how other people looked in something similar is something that I've really had to work on and and being okay again like you said with the sizing um I started in high school just cutting the tags out of things so if I got a size large extra large I didn't want to have to look at that every time I put it on so Mm. I just cut the tag out and eventually none of my clothes had tags in them and I didn't know what was what size anymore Uh, and so, you know, kind of these learned behaviors that you have to adapt to, um, to reach that point of body neutrality and maybe body love. But Mm -hmm. again, I think when you're first starting on this journey, that can sometimes be too big of a jump for people. Yeah. I know. Like when I go shopping now, I love Target. It's my happy place. I go to, I go to Target at you least. You and me both. I go to Target at least once a week and just walk around. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll, I don't I'll, buy anything. I'll, like, get popcorn and an icy mm-hmm. and just spend an hour looking at everything. I always start at the home goods, and we'll see where it goes from there. I, I mean, oh, if goods. I walk out without a candle, it's, like, a good day. Yes. If oh. I can keep a Target trip under five minutes, it's, like, a freaking record. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've yeah. done it before, and I'm like, this is never happening again. Yeah, no, home goods is, you know, give me all the throw pillows and the ginger jars I want and all the useless all the, I want things. all the, like the little blankets mm-hmm. like just a, just a throw blanket I'm like oh or yeah. a table runner just something totally useless that <laughs> no one needs really no one need needs it. yeah, yeah. Um, but like now like I have found that like they have so as a girl with larger boobs which yes. I also hate I hate what's that my boobs are yeah. we'll get there one day um <laughs> But, like, I found, like, their new, like, Auden bra line is fantastic. Highly recommend to anyone who, like, can't find a bra. For, That's like, awesome. Reason. It's, like, 20 bucks for a bra, and it's great. That's fantastic. Um, but I would try on – whenever I try on jeans in Target, I will get – three sizes and bring them with me and start with trying on the biggest I one I start with the biggest one me too because I don't want to be disappointed and we just go down from there and we see what fits but it's yeah. like also that too of like maybe this 16 doesn't fit and that's fine and we'll go up like I don't I try, I'm yes. really trying hard to blame the clothes and not blame yes, my body exactly um, which yeah and so interestingly anybody who knows me knows that my style is very like kind of loose and flowy and You're like one seasonless. Of the most people I know. <laughs> like every time I see like god damn that, it. That is honestly one of the best compliments you could give me cuz like I said <laughs> I, it's been I've loved it my whole life. I had a, a my one of my first birthday parties was playing dress up, you know, with my friends. Let's not forget that every um, time you came in the institute last year I was like what what did to get her <laughs> shirt from? Where are these pants from? Those shoes like everyone always asked you where you got your yeah, shirt. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm a I'm a I'm the biggest jumpsuit advocate. Um oh, yeah. but you know, that's kind of my style has become kind of loose and flowing and prioritizing comfort over everything else. And um, that's partially because it's hella hot in Austin and mm-hmm. I don't want anything to touch me 70% of the year. Yeah. Um, but also because it's it's what I feel comfortable in. I don't, you know, want to necessarily have to, like, squeeze into a pair of skinny jeans in the morning if I'm not feeling myself, yeah. you know. And, um and so I think, you know, I've been lucky in finding a style that I feel comfortable in that fits my body and that fits a range of sizes. So a lot of the brands that I buy, you can buy a medium in and it'll fit, you know, a, a wide range of sizes, which kind of, you know, if I shop at J. Crew and I order a 12, it's like tight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a big part of it, too, is finding brands that you... Um, 
that you trust from a sizing standpoint, from a sustainability standpoint. Um, and, you know, again, for me, it's prioritizing comfort over everything else, both mentally and physically. Absolutely. I would like to take a quick break here and then we'll come back and continue this conversation. We'll be right back. And we're back, still here with Mandy, talking about body positivity, body respect, the fashion industry. We wanted to really deep dive into body checking and blaming your clothes and not you. Um, I love the thing you brought up about your mom, like her dieting history and how it affected you, because it's really similar to the model Ashley Graham who said the same thing, like her mom never dieted or like never said anything bad about her body yeah. um, and so that's why she believes like she has such a positive outlook on who she is and why she why she grew up like the way she did yeah. Um, but yeah I know we were just talking about that so let's jump in yeah I mean I think that that's so powerful uh, because to my mom's credit she never made me feel like I needed to eat a certain way or look a certain way she never made any sort of derogatory comment about you know, the way that I looked or that I should be thinner, but the way she treated herself mm. said more about her values yeah. than anything else I think could have. Yeah. And I don't think people understand like how much kids are soaking up yes. around you. And, yeah. I, and, you know, she, it was, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s when the Atkins craze was kind of at its peak and she would eat. I remember her eating pork rinds constantly, which I thought was disgusting. And they they are, but, you know, they're, they're low carb. Mm. And that, since I've been doing this work on myself, I've, I've thought a lot about that because the conclusion that I've come to and that I think when you kind of look at, at experts and nutritionists who operate in this space would agree – is that your ideal body size is whatever size you reach when you're intentionally nourishing your body, uh, doing exercise that you enjoy, and living your life to the fullest. Yeah. It's not when you reach a certain BMI. Yeah. It's, you know, are you um, nourishing yourself with, with good food and, and fruits and veggies and whole grains and balancing that with enjoying your life and enjoying food and understanding that some days nutritionally a cheeseburger is not going to be the best thing for you but mentally I just need it I just need yeah. some pea cherries sometimes <laughs> you know like that does me more good than a salad yeah. ever will but I think that a huge shift in this mentality came for me when I realized that making healthy choices has to come from a place of self-love mm. and not of punishment or or hatred for yourself. Because if you're just eating salad or rice cakes and getting on the treadmill for an hour a day to punish yourself, that's not sustainable. Yeah. It's not healthy mentally. But if you, you know, choose to eat a eat a eat greens or go to a yoga class because you know it nourishes you and makes you feel better mentally and gives you energy to do what you need to do throughout the day, 
that is a sustainable, healthy choice. Yeah. And that, to me, is where real change can happen when it comes to making healthier choices. So that really means that you have to divorce weight and your and the way your body looks from the choices that you make because even if we ate all ate exactly the same way and did the exact same exercise we would still look completely yeah. different um, what's that comparison culture of like if i'm yes. not doing seven workouts a day eating under 1200 calories but then what like that's why i'm not yeah. losing the weight and you're like no your body's just different than someone else's body yeah and because like, you and i both know people who are not healthy, but are thin, Yeah. who outwardly, you know, have what a doctor would call a healthy BMI mm-hmm. and can wear straight size clothing and all that good stuff. But they're, you know, eating fast food or whatever every meal, which, mm-hmm. again, if that's, no judgment. Yeah, because, that's yeah, your choice facts. to make. Absolutely. But it's just to say that those of us who don't have traditional bodies, you know, I think a lot of us punish ourselves mm-hmm. to look like someone who we would look completely different from no matter what. Right. I know um, when you were talking about before, like, having that fear of food, like, I grew up with my cousin Avery, who is, we're three years apart, she's younger, um, Mm -hmm. but our whole life has been, like, super thin, gorgeous, just beautiful girl. Hope she listens to this episode. Anyway, like <laughs> literally like we basically grew up together and like Avery could eat anything. Yeah. And so like I would always feel so much jealousy because like from the time I was like 15, I'd be like, I cannot eat what she's eating because yeah. I'll gain like five pounds. Right. Sitting here. I'm like looking at her, I'm going to gain weight. Like, right. At this point. right. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I had that fear of food of like, I won't eat what she's eating. I can't eat as much. Like, like her metabolism so quick. Like, she'd constantly be hungry. Whereas, like, me, I could wake up at 8 and not eat till like, 2 in the afternoon and be oh, fine. Yeah. yeah. And so if you ask my doctor, like, looking at me and looking at Avery, I would look more unhealthy. Whereas exactly. I'm just, like, not eating. But because my metabolism isn't being engaged, like, I'm just not hungry then. Yeah. Yeah. You would assume, like you were saying, like, I looking at it people be like well obviously Ava works out and Brianna doesn't which yes. is the actual like the flip the like, exact opposite I work out so much and Avery's like you're lucky if she like stretches once a week and right it's no shade it's just facts of like our bodies are just inherently different and like we're cousins like my, her mom and my dad are siblings like uh-huh. we have almost the same genetics yes. and it's just like that's just totally the way different. our bodies are yep. so I think about that too of like that fear of like I I'm re- I'm learning to enjoy eating again, which yes. has been such a it's a hard journey. journey to have of like not marking foods as bad or good, but how yes. they nourish me either emotionally, physically. Like I love rice cakes. What <laughs> a rice cake! <laughs> See, I hate them, so I, I always use that as an example. Love rice cakes. My ex boyfriend <laughs> was over one night, and like it was like right on the holiday, so like, I had like a bunch of like cakes and stuff. Yeah. And so I was like, I made him something, and like I had rice cakes with apple butter. Oh on them. my god! But that's what I want. He goes, "Are you seriously eating a rice cake right now?" <laughs> and I was like, "This is what I want right now." Yes. Like it was, a, it was a rice cake with the pumpkin butter from Trader Joe's, which okay, is well, freaking that does, great. That does sound pretty. Good. And like I had like fruit with it. That's like what I wanted right. at that time. Right. Um. And everyone like. I keep rice cakes at my desk, and people are just, like, looking at me like, I just love rice cakes. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, what about it? Right, so I think it's that thing, too, of, like, people think people who don't fit traditional bodies are unhealthy. I'm like, no, if you go to my house right now, there's basically nothing in my fridge because I am never home. But it's all, like, quote-unquote healthier foods, like granola, 
almond Same. milk yogurt because <laughs> I'm trying to cut out dairy. Yeah. Oh, me too. So, like, all those things of, like, making the quote-unquote healthier choices and still you would still look at me and think right. that I'm just being frivolous about my choices, which yes, um, my uh, sound engineer, Justin, made the good point. I always tell him what, what the episode's going to mm-hmm. be about. And he was talking about the whole thing with, like, Lizzo and Jillian Michaels right now. Oh, don't even get me started. And how, like, well, first of all, again, people are constantly policing black bodies in Correct. all things. So I was like, Correct. first of all, Jillian... We need to have words about that. Yep. Um, but then, like, you have no idea what Lizzo is eating. And at she all. does crazy and cardio every night. I'm like, while this she's girl's performing every day. And also, you know, I'm just going to throw some shade at Jillian Michaels Do because it. she threw shade first. It's the safe space in here. But, you know, sometimes, I, so I've done her workout videos. And I think she kind of capitalizes on the fact that, you know, she talks about how she used to be overweight, which however she categorizes Mm -hmm. that, you know, who knows. What is overweight people? But I'm like, okay, well, good for you for capitalizing on your own self-hatred of yourself. Mm. You know, don't project that on anybody else just because you've created a fitness empire based on how uncomfortable you are in your own body. Right. That does not mean that I can't be comfortable on my body. Right. And have to do these, like, torturous workouts that she yeah. does, you know. And so. then, like, think about her when she used to coach on The Biggest Loser. Like, you were saying, like, those workouts are not, like, that way of living, what they go through is not sustainable. Yeah. Like, yeah. working out so much that your body literally vomits or, like, eating uh-huh. really unrealistic things or, like, the voyeuristicness of, like, her finding joy and making these people work out to the point of sickness. And I was 100%. also, as y'all know, I don't watch Trash Reality TV, which I know sounds a little like a, what's it called? An oxymoron. Oh. But <laughs> <laughs> there are different levels of reality TV. That's we'll true. We'll get there. But, I, I agree with that. But, yeah, like, I don't watch any of, like, the fitness ones. Like, no. Can't yeah. watch Survivor because I don't, I don't do workouts outside. It's Mm-mm. too hot. Um, but, yeah, like, that thing of, like, you are punishing these people for being over co- co- overweight. A, yeah, and in a way that's so unsustainable. I mean, there's science behind the fact that your body fights to get you back to the point you were when you started, when mm-hmm. you lose that much weight. And I think that that can be a really maybe harsh reality for some people. Right. But again, I, I feel very strongly that if you are prioritizing exercise that brings you joy and food that you eat intentionally and understand how it's nourishing you, whether mentally or physically, that is when you reach your ideal weight. And if you're constantly like battling and fighting yourself to lose, and on that show, I mean, insane Insane. amounts of weight. In a very short time. You can't keep it off. Right. And it totally just screws up your metabolism. It's not sustainable. Right. You also made a comment during the break um, about intuitive eating yes. in that book, and I really wanted to make sure we talk about that. Yeah, that has honestly that whole concept of it has been pretty life changing on on my personal journey. Um, I actually worked with a, a nutritionist who's local here to Austin. Her name's Claire Siegel, and she's on Instagram under that handle. So definitely check her out. We'll tag her. In the show notes. Yeah, she's she's awesome. Um, so I went through her program called Nutritional Foundations for three months, which really focused on this concept of intuitive eating. And I just became really interested in the whole concept based on that, went on to read the book and complete the workbook. And 
Intuitive eating is is based in 10 basic principles, which I do not have memorized, but just generally speaking, it's this concept of um, honoring what your body really wants at that time Mm. and recognizing kind of what I mentioned earlier. Am I, you know, eating this cheeseburger because it nourishes me mentally? Yes. (laughs) After a long day of work, that's what I need. And that's totally okay. Yeah. And so it's it's this concept of um, getting really in tune with what your body wants and needs, whether mentally or physically, and allowing yourself to have whatever you want because that is denying yourself things that you enjoy eating is ultimately what often results in this kind of um, – diet binge cycle yeah, like you'll dieting yeah like you'll be so restrictive that you quote unquote like go off the deep end on the weekend or whatever yeah and you just a lot of people have this concept of being all or nothing when it comes to the way you eat or mm-hmm. or the way you work out or whatever and intuitive eating i think kind of serves to do away with that and help you get more in tune with your body and what you really want so that can when you're hungry can be starting from a place of do I want something hot do I want something cold do I want something Mm. sweet do I want something salty and it's just kind of helping you be more intentional about what you ultimately choose to eat but even if that is P. Terry's or cheesecake that's cool that's what you want right then Um, and that means that you probably are less likely to go out and eat an entire cheesecake later because right. you haven't let yourself have any for a month. Yeah. I Googled it and it said, <laughs> an intuitive eater is defined as a person who makes food choices without experiencing guilt or an ethical dilemma, yeah. honors hunger, respects fullness, and enjoys the pleasure of eating. Yeah. Which I'm like, wouldn't that be a beautiful place to be at? And just Exactly. Like, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's been really life-changing for me, as has finding healthcare providers who respect that that's my approach Mm -hmm. to my health. So uh, one thing that I think can be challenging in this conversation is this whole thing of BMI and... Which is like totally outdated. Yeah. And like, you know, the getting back to Jillian Michaels, her whole thing was diabetes. Okay. Um, You know, according to my BMI, I'm either overweight or obese, right? And when I talked to my general practitioner, healthcare provider about that, I would check in with her whenever I would have a physical and she'd tell me to do Whole30, try intermittent fasting, all these different things that were essentially diets. Mm -hmm. That's really damaging. You know, when your doctor is telling you, well, you really need to lose X amount of weight and you need to do it through this super restrictive diet. Um, So I've recently switched over to a different kind of more integrative doctor who respects that that's my approach. And I think that can be hugely impactful on anybody else who's going through this journey. Yeah. yeah I, the healthcare, the healthcare system on people who are quote unquote overweight is mm-hmm. one of the most upsetting things in the world to me. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm coming to you because I want to do X, Y, and Z, but it's always that thing of like, why do you have to weigh me every time I come in if I'm coming in yeah. for like to talk about my period? And you and for folks listening, you absolutely can go to your doctor and decline to be weighed. Oh, yeah, which I do because like I went in the other day um, for like a 
scratch, you know, that I needed to get some antibiotics for and they wanted to weigh me. And I was like, no, thank you. Yeah. I don't need that in my life today. Yeah. I threw out my scale. I don't want to own a scale anymore. Yeah. Like, that, that's healthy. With me, like, on this journey of, like, kind of wanting to lose weight, my 30th is coming up. I have like, this mm-hmm. unrealistic pressure I'm putting on myself. I'm working through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... I have a back this up. I have a scale. I took the batteries out of it. There you go. <laughs> and hid them. I yeah. told a friend to like hide these from me. Yeah. Because like scale batteries are really hard to find. So, yeah. <laughs> True. Like, and I'm not gonna go. Yeah, buy I'm more. not gonna go search yeah. for them. Um. So like with me, like when I was like on this weight loss journey, which I kind of still am right now. I've mm-hmm. taken a break this last week because my body is going through some things. Yeah. Um. But, like, with me, I'm the person who has to take photos because, like, my body mm-hmm. will physically change mm-hmm. before the scale changes. Correct. And I was talking to one of my, like, health coaches, and she was she went to a retreat, and they were saying, like, especially in, like, uh, black bodies, our, uh-huh. we build muscle so quickly, uh-huh. and muscle weighs more than fat does. Yes, which is why BMI is bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> um, so, like, with me, like, I'll take, like, if you look at, I posted a photo <clears throat> on like my weight loss Instagram that again mm-hmm. is kind of out of commission right now. Um, <laughs> but if you look at me from like August to now, it's it will look like about like ten to fifteen pounds like I've lost. Yeah, but yeah. my scale has not changed at all. Of course. And I'm yeah. Like, Sorry, what? Yeah, <laughs> and I mean getting back to middle school and these kind of damaging psychological mm-hmm. things that happen to young people. Uh, I remember this the school nurse or I don't know if it was some state mandated thing would come in and do BMI checks for students. And, of course, mine has said that I'm overweight my entire life, even when I was in the best shape of my life mm-hmm. and absolutely not overweight, even though I thought I was. Uh, and the girls who were underweight would brag about it. Mm. That's so damaging, and it's such uh, an antiquated way to, to measure yeah. health. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I also, you know, I mean, speaking of weight loss journeys I think it's important to note that weight loss as a goal is 100% valid you know I nothing about my approach or feelings about body respect body neutrality whatever you want to call it says that you should not do what you think is best for you or what will ultimately make you feel most comfortable but I I think that just again stressing that those choices have to come from a place of self-love rather than self-hatred is really important. And that if you ultimately get to a weight or a size where, you know, you don't seem to be losing anymore, but you're making all these, you're eating healthier than you ever have. You're working out more and, you know, and engaging in movement that brings you joy. It's okay. Yeah. I also want to like, highlight a thing that I went through last summer mm-hmm. hanging out with friends and somehow we got on the subject of like weight loss which is always just like a really triggering conversation for me same here period yeah. yeah and two of my friends who I, I was with were talking about how they used to be very overweight and how they weighed x amount of pounds mm-hmm. now them at their heaviest is still less than what I weigh now yes and so, like, I got up and just left the table. Like, didn't say anything, just, like, walked away because it was, like, again, very triggering for me. Yeah. And they both came over and were like, we're like, what's wrong? I'm like, you don't understand how damaging that language is. And as someone who, as a person who used to be overweight, I, th- I think I need you to understand, like, this is very, it's very damaging mm-hmm. to people. Like, mm-hmm. you never know what <clears throat> someone else weighs. You never mm-hmm. know what journey they're on. You never know how, like, and I'm not saying, like, 
not to say your piece and like be excited that you're like in a healthier body. Right. But I think this thing of like unless you're under X amount of pounds, yes. you can't be healthy. Um, and so we had to like sit down and like talk about it because like with yeah. me, I was like, I don't talk about good for you the number on the scale. Like that's not something I need because like for my whole life, like the same thing. I've been overweight my whole life, but also it's like. I don't have a traditional body. Like, I have very large boobs. I have very wide hips. Like, I'm not, like, a straight-sized person. Um, But I also build muscle really quickly. So, like, it's this thing of, like, I have a very, quote-unquote, weird body of, like, you would, again, assume I'm unhealthy. Whereas if you watch me do all the stuff I do all day, like, oh, shit. Like, she makes really healthy choices. Um, But it was a really – and it was, like, so damaging to hear it from friends who – understand how damaging it could be Mm -hmm. and like to see how quickly they slid into that conversation but also like having some grace with them of like oh they were told their whole lives like they were heavy yeah one of of my friends like no my dad told me every day that i was fat and i'm like and and she's like one of seven kids and so she was one she was the fat one and her dad like you need to lose weight like always like calling her out like at dinner and like in front of people Mm. and like great again granted like gratefully i never went through that with my parents but it's also like no one was saying it to me, but I was saying it to myself, yes. and that was enough for me to be yes. very much in that mindset. So, right, that yeah, too. yeah, and weight number on the scale, size—it's just so different for everybody. Um, like you said, depending on how much muscle you have, how tall you are, bra size—like all these different factors contribute to it. And again, I mentioned this earlier, but the thing that I always go back to for me is if we all ate the exact same thing and exercised the exact same way, we would all look completely different. And, you know, I know somebody, I I know lots of people who get out of breath carrying groceries, you know, to their car, but I can hang in an hour and a half hot yoga class. You know what I mean? Um, So you're right. You just never know. And, and it's totally worth celebrating yourself if you've achieved a goal that you've worked really hard for, but I think bringing up specific numbers and specific sizes is is, is really triggering for people. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> well, I say let's take a quick break here, and then we'll come back to talk about sustainable fashion. Let's do it. We'll be right back. And we're back still with Mandy, but now we're going to move into talking about sustainable fashion. Before we jump in, I want to tell people what sustainable fashion and fast fashion are. Sustainable fashion is a movement and process of fostering change to fashion products and the fashion system towards greater ecological integrity and social justice. Sustainable fashion considers more than addressing fashion textiles or products. It, it compromises addressing the whole system of fashion. And then fast fashion and the issues with it is when textile clothing ends up in landfills and the chemicals on the clothes, such as dye, can cause environmental damage by leaking the chemicals into the ground. The excess, weight al- the excess waste also contributes to the issue of using so many sites just to store waste and garbage. Those mm. were from Google. Heavy stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so we're oh, well, like clothing has like a bigger carbon footprint than like a lot of yeah, stuff that we yes. use right now because we like quickly throw it away, like it's not fitting, toss it, all yep, those sort of things. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
so to hit your listeners with some heavy truth, the earth is melting. (laughs) Um, Global warming. Let's just. Global warming isn't real. Start from. Oh, girl, I'm going to get up and right now. Um, Climate change is all a hoax. Kidding. (laughs) Kidding. Totally joking. She's kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, Yeah, so this whole thing of sustainable fashion for me is part of some just larger understandings that I think we're at a point in the climate crisis where we don't have the luxury of not changing our behaviors anymore. Mm -hmm. And for me, that has come in, like you said, trying to become dairy-free, trying to eat less meat, Mm -hmm. um, trying to not waste food as much, trying to buy food locally. So a lot of it has to do with food, but also since fashion is such an interest of mine, I started kind of getting interested in supply chains and sustainable fashion. And I am somebody who loves to spend her Saturday going to the domain and going to Zara and <laughs> J. Crew and Nordstrom and just buying things off the rack brand new. But there is a cost to that. Mm-hmm. Um not only for the reasons that you read, but also just for the energy that goes into creating them, transporting them, and then ultimately doing away with them. Yeah. You know, um, so. And then let's not forget that a lot of fast fashion is made really unsafely. Yes. Like in sweatshops. And unethically. And unethically and just really harmful to the communities where it's being made overseas. 100%. 100%. So for me, Understanding that cost is often a barrier, I've tried to look into a company's supply chain before I I purchase from them. So getting to exactly what you're talking about, where was this made, who's making it, what's going into transporting it here, how is it getting to me ultimately. But the biggest change that I've made in, in my personal practices is buying things secondhand. Mm-hmm. So Almost all of the clothes that I purchase um, are secondhand clothes. So there's an Instagram account that I buy from, which I we can certainly link Absolutely. to. Um, I'm a big fan of um, Buffalo Exchange. Love them. Uh, and doing clothing swaps with, with friends. Thrifting. I Thrifting, shopping vintage. Because you're taking out that production side of things. Um, So it's using less energy. Um, There aren't as many concerns about supply chain because obviously it's something that's already created and out there. But just reusing what already exists. And for me, it's really a win-win because I, of course, you know, have champagne taste and lemonade pockets as I like to say so buying second hand well, see I've heard champagne taste on a beer budget very well yeah say, Love just it. cleaning it up a little bit for you guys um, so for me it's really a win-win because I can purchase brands that I really like that I cannot afford full price but it's also a more sustainable way of shopping absolutely yeah um, my old roommate used to work for uh oh. The clothing. How, that long, gets... how well do you know your old roommate? <laughs> First, she got a new job. Okay. So we're fair. not there. But she also, it's the Stitch Fix. Stitch there Fix, yes. Trick yes, for Stitch yes, Fix. Yes. And she's very into sustainable fashion. So we talked about that a lot. Interesting. Like, that's an interesting caveat to come from. Of uh, You yeah. work for this industry that is, I don't think 
I don't think that they do sustainable fashion, but you work there, but then, like, she would always buy sustainable clothing. Interesting. So I was like, what is this? Yeah. I mean, I guess if people return and they send it to someone else, but are they giving it to someone That's else? That's a good question. I've never yeah. thought about how those companies work yeah. But when it comes to sustainability. But, um, you know. Let's do a quick Google. Let's do, do, do a quick Google. And while you're doing that, I'll just say that I think when it comes to sustainability, there is also this new added factor of people wanting to have everything delivered to them, mm. including services like that. So that's – I. In addition to trying to buy secondhand clothes and more sustainable um, avenues, I'm trying to cut back on things like Amazon, which also has a very high human cost. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just the energy and resources that go into delivering that to my house instead of me going and picking it up somewhere. Yeah. A quick Google of Stitch Fix and sustainability is they offer sustainable brands through Stitch Fix. Mm. So you can get to know your favorite sustainably-minded brands from cutting water usage by more than 90% to using recycled water bottles to make their fabric. So, okay, so it's it's like a brand partnership thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I like. Lately, I've been like loving all the com- like the different fashion industries that are, well, companies that are like, well, we make things out of, I can't remember the shoe brand right now, but they make their shoes that are like recycled water bottles. Yes, or, I think Everlane does some of that too. Or um, uh, places that are like, there's this bra company that if I were to buy a bra and it didn't fit me properly, mm-hmm. they would wash it and give it to a woman in need. Yes, so, like making sure it's like getting used by someone before they go out and just like make another one. Right, so I think, right, like, or put it in a landfill. Again, yeah. your money is your money. You yes. spend it how you want, but also like, just think about the environment. How the Earth is literally melting. Yeah, yeah. Until we can go live on Mars, you got to figure out some other things to help. So. Absolutely, yeah, and and again. Uh, Thinking about it from an environmental perspective and a human capital perspective. Mm-hmm. So um, what are the conditions that these clothes were made in? How many trucks and planes and trains does this have to mm-hmm. go on to get to me? How hard is someone having to work in a warehouse to make sure that I have my two-day shipping? Mm-hmm. Um, also, remember, like, when you do fast shipping, you're putting drivers at risk. Like, those people have to stay up longer hours yes. to make sure they can get to you. Like, a lot of truck drivers have been dying trying to, like, either falling asleep at the wheel or causing accidents trying to get these two-day shipping things yeah, to people. So, like, also keep that in mind. You can yeah. wait five days. Right. And... The folks who have who work in the warehouse are also under extreme pressure as well, mm-hmm. which has a huge human capital cost. Yeah, I was reading um, an article the other day about a guy who died of a heart attack at yes. Amazon, and all the employees had to go back to work. Yes, after he died, yes. he died on the floor. It is terrifying. And they're like, okay, well, we got the body. Get everyone to go back to work. I'm like, that was someone's father, someone's coworker, yep. someone's friend. You want to just like go back to work after watching him have a heart attack? Exactly. So it's, think about those things when you shop. Yeah, and uh, you know, for me also because what I tend to order on Amazon are like books and um, you know maybe previously before I got more interested in in all of this clothes. Go to your local bookstore. Uh, go to your local clothing brand. You're not only not putting somebody's life mm-hmm. at risk, you're you're also supporting someone's livelihood. Yeah. Um, my dad is a small business owner. 
in talking Arkansas? like yeah in Arkansas he's he owns an appliance store he has four employees okay. um yeah my great grandfather opened it and opened it and of course since things like Sears and mm. Best Buy yeah since those came into town it was really hard for him and that definitely that's how he supported our family and and I think keeping that in mind too buying locally whenever you can is so important from that perspective and getting back to food, buying from local farmers when you can, yeah. going to your local farmer's market. And, again, understanding that it can be cost prohibitive. Yeah. But um, one of the things that with 2020 starting out and everyone doing vision boards, yes. um, there's a uh, re, like a used bookstore called Half Price Books. Love that place. Same. And so, like, I will get all my books for them first. But also, like, whenever you're thinking of that, like, magazines and stuff that you're just going to, like, go buy and get rid of. Like, yep. take your books and, like, stuff and donate it somewhere else. Like, rather than putting it in the trash, like, put it yeah. back into the into the system. Like, if someone else can maybe buy it or use it or what have you. Um, but, yeah, I got all the magazines that I wanted from there versus buying new ones. Like, we're just going to cut them up. So, like, I don't need this yeah. week's Vogue um, when exactly. I can get last year's Vogue that's already been read and is, you know, sitting here significantly cheaper. Content. Yeah. And literally just going to get cut up anyway. So, yeah. like, just think about ways to – to lower that and then also like I am the queen of like recycled anything like I just yes. recently got out of the habit of saving all my yogurt containers <laughs> oh my gosh I remember you telling me about like you would bring your lunch to NLC and like I'm like is that a, a giant tub of yogurt I'm yeah. like no yogurt it's container. like rice but like I got out of the habit again oh. my old ex was like you you don't need this and I was like <laughs> okay so like just recycling things um but, yeah, like, like, but that's a thing people can do. Like my my friend Rebecca from back home, her mom Nancy would like kill me if she knew. Oh, but Nancy, no. like, that's a good bowl. You know that the top matches the bottom and it fits. <laughs> and so it was like a really hard thing to get out of. My grandma too of like, you go to my grandma's yeah, waste kitchen nothing. and it's like, is this actual butter or is it collard greens from last yes. night? Like you, it's like oh, roulette. Yeah, cool Whip containers <laughs> yeah. was a big one in my house. What are you mm-hmm. gonna get today? Might yeah. be butter. Right. <laughs> Might be yams. Yeah. Do yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah exactly. But, like, different ways of that, like, to think of being sustainable. Mm -hmm. Um, A friend of mine, him and his husband started, like, this candle wax company. Oh, interesting. Where they make candles. Um, But rather than, like, going out and buying, like, mason jars, they will have people donate, like, their alcohol bottles. And, like, rinse out the bottles. Sand them down and put candles in that instead. So, like, all these different ways to recycle items that we already have. Instead of just, like, putting them in landfills and recycling them. Yes, absolutely. And for those of us who live in Austin... um, Oh, and composting. Composting. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what I was going to mention. Austin has... Well, for most neighborhoods, I don't know if if all yet. I know I'm lucky enough to have curbside Mm. composting, which essentially is another can that you can put out with your recycling that picks up every other week. Um, So, yeah, when it comes to food, I think reusing and utilizing in the first place as much as you possibly can is is huge and then worst case scenario is composting and from a sustainability perspective overbuying from the grocery store is a huge habit I've had to break mm-hmm. because I would I would meal prep and and have all these good intentions and then working at an airport my job is very unpredictable so things would just come up and I would not cook and then I'd throw it all away yeah uh and None of us are perfect. That's still going to happen. Baby steps. But yes, baby step, baby steps and just generating this 
awareness around yourself yeah. um, to think more about things like that. Yeah, a friend of mine just sent me three free three free meals from HelloFresh because otherwise I go to the gro- like I love grocery shopping, so oh, that's God, like my it. happy place. Yeah, I, get I wish it. I did. Um, so like she sent me three of those and like. It was so interesting to, like, see how they've changed. Because I remember, like, everyone said that like, they came in these big crates. With, with the like, giant ice with, bags. With, like, styrofoam and ice bags. And so now it's, like, a smaller bag. Brown paper bag so you can recycle it. Wow. Um, they're, the ice things are, like, a little... They're, like, about the size of probably, like, a laptop. So, like, not too, okay. too big. yeah. But you can cut it open and just pour the contents in. They're non-toxic. So you can pour oh. them down your sink and then recycle the bag. Um, and everything's way smaller. Everything's all, like, recyclable or compostable. So, like, they heard people's complaints yep. and changed it. Um, but then also shout out to a local company called Lettuce that does the same thing, but mm-hmm. it's all Austin local stuff. Yeah, so they, the same thing. they buy from local farmers, right? Yeah, they do all local shopping. Um, and then they have jars and stuff you can bring back and recycle to uh, them or you can recycle yourself. I have to check them out. That's yeah. really, really cool. They're not a sponsor of this podcast. They can be, but they're not. <laughs> um, but yeah, a friend of mine was telling me about them because I, yeah. I mean, right, right now, my, like, my life now is I mostly just snack all day because yeah. I'm so busy. Or I make like protein shakes. Like mm-hmm. that's how I get stuff in the morning. So I'm like, I want to eat breakfast, but I don't have time to sit here and cook for six hours because totally. I'm like a chef. Like I like the whole you like the experience of oh, it, yeah. yes. Um, so, like, with me, it's, like, really finding smaller quantities of stuff. I live alone. I'm single. I don't have kids. Yep. So, like, having, like, that smaller that smaller option of being able to yeah, to just grab and go something and not have these huge things. Like, with this HelloFresh thing, it was, like, so quick and easy to do. Uh, yeah. But then also I was, like, I'm also not going to pay this much every month to do HelloFresh. That's <laughs> so. so interesting because I did Blue Apron for a little while when it was first, when mm-hmm. it was, like, new and sexy. And one of the reasons that I stopped doing it was because of all the freaking packaging. Yeah, HelloFresh has really lowered theirs. And I, I was really impressed. Yeah, I mean, I think that that totally speaks to the power of consumers, mm-hmm. right? And when we're talking about things like, so maybe you don't want to buy your clothes secondhand, but you can buy from brands that have sustainable, that have transparent supply yeah. chains. Yeah, and reusable bags. Like, yeah. living here in Austin, they just brought back plastic bags. But when I first moved here in, like, oh, for the first yeah. three years... I had to keep recycling, like, reusable bags in yes, my car. Yes, And now, like, I don't even think about it anymore. It's like, a I've habit. just gotten so used to it. So mm-hmm. I think about that, like, my older sister moved to Seattle. Oh, and she, wow. Well, she lives in New York now. But when she moved to Seattle, yeah. like, she kept calling me. She was, how do you do this? With not being able to <laughs> get a plastic bag. I'm like, you just leave it in your, in your, I'm like, you just leave it, it in, in your, your trunk. I'm like, or you buy a 99-cent bag. I'm like, you work for a very large yeah. corporate yeah. company. Like, yeah. you can afford a reusable <laughs> bag, Shayna. Um, and we all we all have a good tote bag. Like, just keep a couple yeah, in your so trunk. Yeah, so I literally have, like, a bag within a bag oh, <laughs> in yeah. my trunk and just, like, gruel. Even yep. if I think, like, even if I forget to grab it when I go grocery shopping, I will buy the 99-cent reusable bag because I know I'll use it again. Like, right, Making right. sure, I, I try to buy things that I'm at least going to get, like, three to five uses out of before, like, it goes in the trash. That's such a good approach. And, again, I think we all have to accept that... We're never all going to get to 100%, but with the climate crisis that we're dealing with now, we all have to make these small incremental changes. We, Like I said, we don't have the luxury of just doing nothing and continuing business as usual, which is really scary. But, again, I think it's a group speaks, effort. Yeah, and it speaks to the power that we have as consumers. Well... 
I think that is a lovely place to wrap. I, you know, what we just we got into it. I think this was we great. We covered some stuff. <laughs> I love a person who has a full mock-up of things that they want to talk about when they come. Yes. In. No shade to my other guest. I'm just saying. <laughs> It's, it's so She's it's just so saying, different. be like me. Be yeah. more like Mandy, people. <laughs> Get it on a bumper sticker. Um, I'll be sure to link everything that we talked about today. Um, before we go, is there anything else you want to plug? Any organizations mm. you want to talk about? Um, yeah. Those sort of things. Yeah. So from the, uh, f- from the body uh, respect side of things, I'll mention a few folks that I love to follow on Instagram, and then I'll talk a little bit about the sustainability things too. Um, on Instagram, I mentioned Claire Siegel, um, who's the nutritionist that I worked with that really opened my eyes to some of these concepts. Uh, Christy Harrison is also an incredible nutritionist who not only talks about uh, all the topics we talked about, but also kind of the um, social justice aspect and the um, priv- you know privilege that it requires to make some of the choices that we talked yeah. about. So she gets kind of deeper into those issues, which I think are also really important. And then um, from the sustainability side of things, I think I'd love to plug the Sustainable Food Center here in Austin mm-hmm. that supports local farmers markets. They're an incredible organization and do a lot of really cool education on how to reduce the distance between you and what you buy. Yeah. And then my last question for you. Oh. I like to end each episode with asking my guest, mm-hmm. what is the best advice you were ever <gasps> ever given? Or what's a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Oh, my gosh. This is such a big question. Okay, what was the first one again? The best advice that I've ever been given? Yep, or a piece of advice you would give to your younger self. Oh, gosh. Okay, I'm going to start with the second one because I've actually been thinking about that a lot lately. And I think the piece of advice that I would give to my younger self is it's okay to say no to things. So true. So I think that we are all very much trained in this concept of take every opportunity that comes your way, say yes, and figure it out later. I've realized that as I've gotten further in my career and in my personal life, um, recognizing the opportunities that were not right for me were just as important as recognizing the ones that were. And that, for me, ties <laughs> ties back into getting in tune with your body. So I've implemented this practice of when someone offers me an opportunity or asks me to do something, I check in with my body. Does it make me feel anxious and nervous? And do I get this negative physical reaction or does it make me feel expansive and excited? Mm. And I know that if I do feel expansive and excited, I can authentically say yes. So advice to my younger self is um, it's okay to, to say no. Best advice anybody has ever given me. Um, gosh, this is a hard one. You don't have to answer both. Well, what would yours be? Maybe you'll inspire The best me. I've ever been given? Yeah. Hmm. would have to be that you can't make everybody happy. Mm. You're not going to fit into what everyone wants you to be. Not everybody's going to like you, and that is okay. Yeah. Um, I was a very people-pleasy person when I was younger, mm. like, to the point, like, I would, like, stretch myself so thin. Yeah. 
so I could say yes to everybody. Yes, yeah. Um, and then my younger sister one day was like, why are you doing this to yourself? You're doing, you are stretching yourself so thin for people who wouldn't even bet an eye at a question you asked them. And I was like, well, shit. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's a good one. And I think that while we're on this theme of people pleasing and saying yes to every opportunity, a good piece of advice my husband actually gave me that that has stuck with me and I've since passed along to other people is that you can only make the best decision you can with the information that you have at that time. Very true. So I'm a wise man. Right. <laughs> um, so I used to agonize over decisions and, and run down, you know, if I do X, this scenario will happen. If I do Y, this mm-hmm. will happen. Pros um, and cons lists. Yeah. Yes. Pr- endless pros and cons <laughs> lists. But excuse me. Um, you can only make the best decision that you have with the information that you have at that time. And the universe will not punish you for making the wrong decision. It's just a different decision. So true. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. This is so Thank fun. You. We're going to go this. do something right now. Yes. But we're leaving y'all here. Yes. Um, that's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at the tea with Brie at Gmail and visit the website, theteawithbreepodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast or share with a friend. That's also really kind of you. This episode was recorded at Capitol Factory in downtown Austin, Texas. And a special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye.